What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another DadCast. We're here. We're live. We got a ton of people in the room today. A whole audience. What's up, everyone? Hey. 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 Okay. Hey. 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 Do you want to say hey? Hey. <laughs> yeah, we've got, uh, like I said, a whole audience. Uh, we got a fun one today. We've been brewing beer. Uh, oh, it is hot outside. We're about to drink some beer. Okay, what? Yeah, we're going to share this because we have different kinds. So that sure, is sharing. a what? Sharing is caring. Peaches and cream, nitro, fruit, tart, from Urban Artifact. Oh, yeah. Listen to the ASMR. Yeah. I always say that every time. You want to pass me your cup, Phil? Thank you. And Father, let me fill your cup. Allison, you're very pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to say nope. no to you. All right, well, you got things to talk about today, huh? Yeah. Big things to talk about. Uh, Phil came over and helped us out, brewed a little. We needed his, um, I don't know what we needed, but we needed you. And I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Seems like I came, I watched, I injured myself. Yeah. I did all the things you needed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, ice can really hurt your knuckles when you're hitting it. Never said so I was Phil smart. bloodied his knuckles hitting the bag of ice. It's, it's beautiful. Bad. It's bad. Thank you, Phil, for the, your sacrifice. <laughs> you got some things to talk about, Dad. Yes, sir. What, what, what do you have for us today? Okay. The sons of God in the Old Testament and New Testament. And so... Just give us a brief kind of overview, and we're going to break it up into bite-sized yep, pieces. Yeah, I have different paragraphs. Um, so I'll do a, a subject, and then you guys can ask questions, which I may not know how to answer. Yeah, that's because the, the more part. I study, like this was one when I started out. This is one page. Now it's three, so which means I don't know what I'm talking about. So yeah, I mean, who knows what they're talking about? No. All right, knows. all right. Yeah, give, I, us a, give us the give it to us real quick. Uh, well, basically, the sons of God in the Old Testament mean Testament means angels, but that's not what it means in the New Testament. How's that? Is that pretty simple? Ooh, okay. Yeah. It's different. Yeah. Okay. Angels in the Old Testament. Yeah. Angels in the Old Testament. And what does it mean in the New Testament? Well, I'll have to tell you. Okay. <laughs> Great question. Okay. We'll, we'll wait for, we'll ask your questions in a little bit. But we'll hand over the microphone to Dad. Go okay. for it. All right. Yeah. The plural fa- phrase, sons of God, appears six times in the Old Testament and depending on translations, around 15 times in the New Testament. And then I give you tons of references. I'm not going to read them. Okay. There are other adjacent reference, uh, references related to this idea, but I want to focus strictly on the phrase sons of God. Now, something other than the language changes from the Old Testament to the New Testament. All six Old Testament Hebrew references of B'nai Ha Elohim, or sons of God, are about celestial entities. 
whether religious or rather righteous or fallen. But in the New Testament Greek, all the references switch to humans. Woo-hoo. It is rendered either huius theos, which means sons of God, or technon theos, which means children of God. And none of these verses refer to angels. Why the change? Yeah, why the change? That's my question. Yeah. Do you think it's going from <coughs> Hebrew to Greek? Is that part of That's it? That's all it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's the New Testament writers didn't know what they were talking about. Yeah. No, I'm, well, I'm kidding. Did it's they not true. mean sons of God in one way when they wrote it, wrote it in Greek, but then like they're not saying Ben Elohim, Beneel, Beneel Elohim in the Old Testament. No, it, the context in the Old Testament shows you they're not talking about humans, hmm. despite uh, certain denominations that call the sons of God in Genesis six the sons of Seth, married women. And produce giants, which doesn't work. So, interesting. So, sons of God in the Old Testament are angels, or well, celestial beings. Angels is a big category. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, do you want me to cover this first section? Yeah, go into the first section. Then we'll answer okay. questions. Go for it. The process. There seems to be an exchange process of becoming sons of God going on in the New Testament. And Luke 20, verses 34 through 36, is the key. And Jesus said to them, The sons of this age marry and are given in marriage, but those who are considered worthy to attain to that age and to the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage, for they cannot die anymore because they are equal to the angels and are huius theus, sons of God, being sons of the resurrection. There goes my beer. Uh, What Jesus seems to indicate is that believers are not yet the children of God, but that they are actually in process. That position is not realized until after the resurrection. In other words, our sons of God's status is completed upon resurrection. Paul backs this up where he explains that our own spirit is, and all creation both groan while we wait for our adoption process to be completed, waiting for the redemption of our bodies, and that's in Romans 8. And John also echoes that same thought in 1 John 3, 2, where he says, Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has, yet to, uh, has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. Yes, We belong to God now, but the whole process is not completed until we see Jesus face to face. Once Jesus begins the next age, which I think is the millennial age, some of us, or perhaps all of us, will join the ranks of the divine council. This is when we will judge fallen angels in 1 Corinthians 6, you'll see that. Because they have transgressed our earthly territory ever since the fall in Genesis 3. This is also when we will rule over cities, regions, realms in the kingdom of God, and that's connected to uh, the parable of the ten minas in Luke 19. Almost done here. In the Old Testament, God's heart was to draw the nations to himself. This was done mainly through manifesting his power and character through his people Israel. With the New Testament appearance of Jesus, that goal hadn't changed. God had not forgotten Israel, but now he is using people out of all the nations of, as his ecclesia. 
his called out body of believers to manifest his power and character. John one twelve says, but to all who did receive him, who believed his name, he gave the right to become the sons of God. So I just threw a bunch of ideas out there. Okay. Woohoo. Thank you. Uh, I hope my I hope I didn't misspell anything because my spell checker wasn't working. That's okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Ecclesia. You misspelled that. That's okay. Yeah, I looked that one up. That's Greek. Hmm. So what what are you so we're gonna turn into celestial beings? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> is that kind of Not what quite. the process is? Well, I've always been told that uh, in the New Testament that um, once you become a believer, you're a son of God, including women. Men and women are children of God. Become masculine when you become a believer. That's it right there, man. Yeah, okay. But uh, but when you look at like the Luke passage that the Luke passage and also the John passage that when we see Jesus face to face, then we will be like him. So the whole process of becoming a son of God complete is completed after resurrection. So we're in the process of it now. We are children of God, but we're not completed yet. We're, we have to go through this thing called life, death, resurrection. And then we Makes become sense. an eternal being. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. Uh, equal, yeah. well, it looks like it says equal, equal to, to the, the angels. angels. Mm-hmm. Huh. Uh, there's a lot in that. Okay. Um, so let's see here. Where, where else do I want? Do you guys have other questions? And maybe. Uh, What's the millennium age? Is that the millennial. thousand year millennial age? That's a thousand years where you're chilling? Yeah. Depending on your Jesus, understanding. Cause, Jesus is back. Right. Right. And he's basically king. Yes. Did you say Jesus is king? He is king. Okay. <laughs> Heard that too. He's not yet completely reigning on earth. His ecclesia, his church, is supposed to occupy until he comes back. And I, I know there are other people that are That's what you call post millennial and all millennial. But ahead. yeah. Post millennial, all millennial. Sorry, go. Okay. And we're, you know, I'm, I have that pre millennial, um, which you guys probably do too. A kind of a pre-millennial view. In other words, uh, Jesus. Once Jesus comes back, then he starts the thousand-year reign. So we're okay. he, we're the millennia millennia millennium has not started yet until Jesus comes back. Tribulation. He comes back, sets things right. Then there's the thousand-year reign of Jesus. And with, there's some people who think Jesus comes after the thousand-year reign, or we're in that thousand-year reign um, right now. For yeah, like I think that. post-millennium. What, uh, uh, yeah, I think that's uh, after. He's looking at wait, Phil wait, and wait. Allison for answers, yeah. and they're like, "I have no idea what you're talking." Oh, I forget. About. I've I've studied this before, but not. It's not right. At, all millennials that we're in the millennium right I've now heard, and have been for two thousand years. Yeah, Remain college. You thought post millennial is when. Uh, when is that? That's, I, yeah. I've, I'll have to look it up. It. I'm not offended at whichever view you take. I'm just saying I kind of have that pre-millennial view that Jesus hasn't come back. The thousand-year reign hasn't started yet, yeah. but it will once he comes back. In, in That's that kind of how I understand it. thousand-year reign, we're going to be judging angels? As how as what I see, yeah. Okay. And you'll see that in 1 Corinthians 6 where it says Paul was kind of chastising the Corinthians for for taking each other, believers taking each other to the court, and he's like, don't you know you will judge angels? Hmm. And so he doesn't 
explain everything there, but the reason I think we will judge angels is because they have tread on our ground. The earth belonged to Adam and his his um, sons and daughters, and the fallen angels have been messing with this world ever since. And so we will judge them, you know, set things right, along with Jesus. Hmm. That's what I understand. Interesting. Um, yeah, so what's the process of just the life? Life is the process. So you, you say? when you become a Christian, you follow Jesus, you begin the process of becoming a son of God. Hmm. But I've always been taught that, oh, you make... You have a prayer, ask Jesus in your heart, you're a son of God. Gotcha. But what I'm saying is when you look at the scripture closer, Jesus seems to be indicating, and as well as other apostles, that it's an ongoing process that um, once you pass through death and you are resurrected, then you're back into the the position of a son of God that Adam started out as. Gotcha. So So that's good you're asking that. Okay. All right. I'm trying to So you're starting it. You're in process it's already. Not, right, yeah. yeah. We're cocooning. <laughs> yeah. We're not a butterfly yet. Yeah. But we've made the decision to make the transition. Yeah. Okay, okay. Once we become a butterfly, then we get to judge angels. Amen. Nice. Got any other questions? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cool. Okay. okay. Go to the next thing. This, this is good because you're making me... Well, it yeah. it makes Tough. sense, but then it's like I'm. This is the first time I'm really, I'm processing it, mm-hmm. right? So I'm trying to understand what you're talking about, and I now, I'm getting what you're saying. So. Yeah, but I'm like, so how does this mean sons of God? Well, you're explaining that we are not sons of God yet, but we are. Or what is the theology that's been there for a while? So you're kind of just flushing that out. Yeah, that's the process right here. So yep. all right. Adoption yields privileges. That's the next uh, section. So becoming part of the family of God endows us with the capacity and authority to operate as his children with with all its rights and privileges. Paul explains it this way in Romans 8, 14 through 17. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. By following Jesus, we are given the spirit of adoption and made joint heirs with him. We are part of his royal family. His family includes the celestial realm that remains loyal to God, as well as human believers awaiting our final adoption status. If we are joint heirs with Christ, what exactly is he in the process of inheriting? The nations. The same nations that deserted him long ago at the Tower of Babel. And you'll have to see my research on Genesis 11, Psalm 82, Deuteronomy 32, which I've kind of covered some of that stuff. So I just threw a lot in there, but I'm not going to go back through all that information right now. But So when you okay. follow Jesus, you're not only following Jesus, you're following the third or two-thirds of angels that are in, I say angels, spiritual beings that are in the spiritual realm. 
Yeah, We're so all, I un- all <laughs> brothers and sisters. Yeah, I understand. I know, and this is really, really uh, something we're not taught. But the way I understand, and many other people that have the divine council worldview, which I, which I operate from, is that um, the royal family of God includes all the celestial realm. Angels is an incomplete word. Um, yeah. I'm talking seraphim, cherubim, ophanim the seven thunders that stand before God's throne, the 24 elders around us. I mean, I'm talking all of those beings all the way down to angels that just bring messages to us. Um, Yeah. One of the things that we've talked about for maybe some people haven't heard is like, you look at creation around us, you've got apes, you've got birds, you've got lizards, you got, those are the animal kingdom. Mm-hmm. So like the spiritual kingdom is probably just as diverse and there's right. so many of them here right. to th- narrow it down to one thing. It's like, Oh, you know, the only thing in the animal kingdom is horses. I mean, even inside right. horses, there's so many things inside the horses. But when we say angels, we think horses when in reality we should be thinking animal kingdom, which is exactly good. Multi. Yep. Like faceted. So. Yeah. So God's Royal family is, the celestial realm that has not rebelled against them, hmm. right? And the younger humans who joined, the younger brothers that have come along, yeah. uh, uh, Adam and Eve and all their children that have followed God, yeah, are part of the royal family. Yeah. Two things that came to my mind when you said that. Again, if you have questions, bro, just butt in, but it's okay. Um, same with you, Allison. You're welcome to jump in, but. Uh, I thought of, you know, we have authority under Jesus's name and I'm like, you know, when I have a problem, um, I call you, I call my brothers, I call uncles, you know what I mean? It's like they, they're with the name that I have, I've got connection to people that I know when I had uncle Haas, when his kids were in Goshen and they had a flat tire, they called us cause we we're mm-hmm. in Goshen. You know, I mean, it was like, yeah, we tried to figure out what we could do to help them out. Uh-huh. So one of my uncles, but they let, don't let me. So it's like, you know, there's the power in the name when you're connected and family, you do things to help out with them. Um, you know, when I went to California, I stayed at Allison's family, her sister or her cousin, you know, and they just opened their house because they're family, you know? Right. So there's like almost power in that. And then, you know, when you, you have authority under Jesus, a part of that might be you're so connect, well connected. Right. There's something right. to that. The other thing I thought about was the prodigal son, you know, cause you got the younger son, the older son, um, and you're talking about the younger son being humans and the older son being the celestial realm. Celestial realm. So that's pretty the fascinating to think about too. Yeah. Yeah. I know we need another beer. Need another beer. Are you ready? That's because there's three of us sharing one. That's not, it's not cause we're slamming, slamming them that fast. It's cause there's three of us drinking three different beers <clears throat> at the same time. What's this next one? So it's the spyglass lemon lime tart. Tart, wow. Okay. Do two tarts and then we'll do a uh, IPA. So my uh, brother. Uh, okay. I'll read. Oh. Do you have any questions? Go. No. I'm just so excited to be here. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Pretty interesting. I'm just in awe of being part of this conversation. Oh. Yeah. What do you think, man? That's interesting, right? To be like yeah. Oh, yeah. brothers and sisters with angels. Celestial realm. Yeah. Thank you. Do you need some more? Yeah. Okay. Go for it, Dad. All right. 
surrounded by two Goshen celebrities and uh, I just don't know what to do. Yeah, everybody stops when you're walking down. Nobody knows who I am. And I kind of like it that way. <laughs> All right. Replenishing deserted habitations. Here's another mystery attached to becoming sons of God. It seems that we are being raised up to replace the fallen realm. Jude 6 says, And the angels who did not stay within their own positions of authority, but left their proper dwelling, he has kept in eternal chains under gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day. The fallen watchers left their proper dwelling, that quote, proper dwelling, their original habitation, which is oikaterion in the Greek. So they left their habitation to co-mingle with the daughters of men. Right, that's the Genesis 6 thing. Now compare this with 2 Corinthians 5.2. For also, in this we groan, greatly desiring to be clothed with our dwelling place, our oikaterion, out of heaven. So... Believers long to be clothed with our heavenly habitation, our oikaterion, which is completed with our resurrection. So certain sons of God left their position, or their oikaterion, and we will clothe ourselves with a heavenly oikaterion in order to replace those fallen beings who deserted their positions. Ephesians 2, 5-6 says, Even when we were dead in our, trans- our trespasses, God made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus. We are not only to operate in dominion here on earth, but we are seated with Christ in the heavenly realm. And here's another related subject to ponder. We are not celestial like the angels, nor are we merely earthbound creatures like the animals? We have a dual citizenship in heaven and on earth. From the beginning, we were made to operate in both realms. We have more power than we know, but the fall has obscured this understanding. Hmm. So I see what, you're, see what you're saying. Like the fallen angels left their heavenly realm. And then we are longing for that same place. It's the same word used. Yep. They left their habitations. Yeah. And we are longing for our heavenly habitations. And we're seated with Christ Sin. in the heavenly realms. Yep. Well, it's because wouldn't our heavenly habitation, because, I mean, we got kicked out of Eden, which was, I wasn't that where we were supposed to be originally? I mean, because we got... Hmm. I'm sorry, I'm trying to figure no, you're out. Good. Would that be the Ocatarian, yeah, the Eden? Our, yeah, Eden, because mm-hmm. when we got kicked out of the part of becoming a, uh, how did you call it, a, like a, a heavenly body, or not a heavenly body, but, the, sorry. No, you're fine. That's, yeah. Oh, yeah, let's hear it. Oh, not, I didn't. Eden didn't come to mind, but you put words to it. I was thinking that there's like a... <clears throat> no, I'm losing where I was going with that. <laughs> but there's like a place. The mention of a place makes it seem like we were intended to be there originally. Mm-hmm. So you're asking... Well, I don't know if I'm asking a question more than just... When we got... You know, when Adam and Eve, when they got kicked out of Eden... 
you know, I, I was that their heavenly that, place that they were kicked out of? Is that right? Yeah. Oh, I okay. think because that was our, their, you know, that was their original dwelling yeah. place. That's where they, yeah. Yeah. That's where they. So now belong. you're going to make me answer something I haven't thought through. So this is good. I'm asking a question <laughs> I haven't thought through. So <laughs> I think. Yeah. So uh, I don't think Eden was a necessarily a heaven heavenly habitat although okay so eden was the place where heaven and earth met mm. all heavenly realms must have met at eden because adam and eve had access to celestial beings and mm-hmm. um so that is an interesting question um well, wasn't it technically you know adam's job to spread eden, eden. yes Right, because Eden, yeah, that's good, because Eden was a location. We're, we're talking about dimensions that we don't understand yeah. because we're only three-dimensional, but heaven, Eden was probably more than the three dimensions we know. Mm-hmm. So Adam was supposed to spread Eden all over the earth. Mm-hmm. So he and his children would um, take over the wild. The earth was probably wild, <laughs> and as they spread, read it it would become like Eden uh, however I'm what I'm and what I'm saying in this position or this paragraph I, I wasn't really talking about Eden but so I agree with you there he, yeah. he was supposed to spread Eden in fact Noah was supposed to do the same thing after the flood there was a reset Noah was given the same mandate as Adam and Eve were so there was another chance to spread Eden, even though we were still sinful people. But um, anyways, um, so what I, I guess the point I'm making is I'm finding it interesting that fallen angels, I'm just going to use the word angel, fallen angels left their dwelling place, their position. And God's, it seems to me that he's replaced, those positions are empty because the fallen angelic realm. I'm not quite sure everywhere they're at. They're they're probably not. They've left their habitation, right? Because it says that in Jude, they've left it. So that position is open, and we're longing to be closed with a heavenly habitation. So I'm suspecting that we are replacing their positions. I don't think they're not just. I'm not saying they're just positions in the sky like a star, which I don't know, but they're positions of authority, their positions of whatever titles, whatever realms they were supposed to watch over. I don't know. Mm. So. <laughs> you dropped your papers. Um, yeah, I thought immediately Mormons when you're talking a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I am not a Mormon. Right? No, but it was like when like you it. said we will replace the fallen realm, you know, when we are being raised up to replace the fallen realm, I thought yeah. yeah, that sounds a little Mormon-esque, right? We're gonna yeah. Do. Well, the Mormons may have some ideas that are correct. Correct. Um, but I also find it interesting that right now we are seated with Jesus in heavenly places. Yeah. So we have this dual citizenship on earth and in heaven. The problem is I don't operate in it very well because the, the fall has, uh, has, like I have this glass... Dark, this veil in front of me and I can't see stuff as well as Adam and Eve did because mm, they were living in it they were living in it yeah and so so I'm not walking in the 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 authority and power I should be yeah 
but still I'm a dual citizen. I, I'm a, I was made for earth and heaven. That's how God originally made us, Adam and Eve, were to rule the earth, but they had access to all celestial realms before yeah, the, the fall. physical earth. Yeah. And it makes me, um, oh, it's just like we're living in the worldly system right now, and it's just so garbage. Like, man, it would be sick to just be living, trying to subdue the earth, and it's wild out there, and you're just making it and spreading it that way. And then, uh, yeah, it's kind of exciting. Yeah. Different way of thinking about things. It's definitely way different than uh, you got to 10x your money and make right investments and work hard and put yourself up by the bootstraps. You know what I mean? It's just not Uh, the... And if you go to church three times a week, everything will be fine. Yeah. Yeah, this is way different. (laughs) We're supposed to be walking in authority and growing the garden around us, you know? Interesting. I knew you'd like that. I like that. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm not sure if I answered your question, Phil, but it's a good good question. Um, Jesus, okay, Jesus is the unique Son of God, so I would just want to make sure nobody's... There are boundaries. Anyways, uh, now let's look at the Son of God. This This phrase is used multiple times in the New Testament, and the context clearly points to a singular person each time. Jesus. It is not hard to see that he is in a rank all his own, distinct from all human sons of God. Just as in the Old Testament, God is an Elohim in that he is celestial. Ooh, I missed an L on the end there. <laughs> uh, but uh, the word celestial. Uh, but he is an Elohim over all Elohim, the one and only uncreated God. Refer back to podcast 493, the Divine Councils. That, that'll give you some more insight. This is also true of Jesus. He is a son of God like we are, but he is not created. He is God eternal. He is uniquely the son, the, he is uniquely the one and only son of God, the second person of the Trinity. We must not mix up the distinction between human sons of God and Jesus, the son of God. So that's pretty self-explanatory i'm just not wanting to i don't want people to think i'm saying i'm jesus because i'm a son of god you know yeah or that he's or bring him down to our level some people do think that some sects of religion do think that yeah okay now this this uh last section gets i I, it, it twists back and forth so um Oh, he's got another. What's this one? Well, I mean, it's the last section, so you uh, okay. drink the last little bit of beer. This is Hop Tarts Vanilla Milkshake IPA. It says, crafted to be cherished, but rules be danged. <laughs> but it doesn't say danged. <laughs> All, right. All right. I'll let you get yeah, up. I got you. You got it? I got you, brother. Okay. I do like how you said, uh, so <clears throat> 4 that's a lot of episodes, Podcast bro. 493. Yeah, you're at, we're in 530s now, probably. Right? Say, dang, Timmy, you do a lot of podcasts. Dang, Timmy. Rules be danged. <laughs> Rules be danged. This is uh, making me have belching. <laughs> I've been belching off the mic this whole time. Nice. Excuse me. Yeah. This is not easy to drink beer and read this without slurring my words. You're doing great. Okay, thank you. The first earthly son of God... All right. And you know what? Now, maybe I should read it, and then you can ask. I was going to say if you have a question in the middle, but okay. Uh, 
Now, Jesus is the one and only uncreated Son of God. However, there is one passage where the article, the, appears with the phrase, the Son of God, and it does not refer to Jesus. Are you ready? Luke's genealogy. Remember, I just said there's only one, the Son of God. That's the only one. But there is one passage that calls a human the Son of God with the article, the Son of God. Uh, It's Luke's genealogy of Jesus. It has a long list of ancestors that trace their way to Adam. The list starts and ends as follows. So I'm going to I'm not going to give you all 25 names or whatever, but uh, Jesus, when he began his ministry, was about 30 years of age, being the son, as was supposed, of Joseph, the son of Heli, the son of etc., etc. And then I'm going to go to the last verse. The son of Enos, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. All other sons listed in this genealogy are human sons of men. Adam is different. Adam is the only human in all of the Old Testament who was not born of a woman nor procreated from a human male. He was the one and only created Son of God who was formed by God to rule earth. He was not eternal, but in the beginning he was perfect and sinless. By contrast, in the New Testament, Jesus is the one and only eternal, preexistent, and uncreated Son of God who entered earth through birth by a woman, but not through procreation by a human man. This is why at the beginning of the genealogy, it is pointed out that people supposed that Jesus was the son of Joseph, but he wasn't the son of Joseph. He was the son of God. Make sense so far? Okay. The first earthly son of God, that is Adam, was created in God's image. He was naturally obedient, brilliant, undying, and unfamiliar with evil. But once he disobeyed God, he lost the things I just mentioned, and also gained new powers as well. He came to know firsthand the reality of good and evil. His ability to see and experience all celestial realms was diminished. His dominion over earth was in crisis, and his relationship with God was broken. He now had the power to blame, lie, deceive, manipulate, and even kill. But he also gained the power to bless, forgive, repent, and seek after God even in the valley of the shadow of death when it seemed that God was absent. Yet in this fallen state, Adam would forever deteriorate. He would die perpetually because sin and disobedience would be permanently wrapped around him. So God did something merciful, and this is going to sound weird. He gave Adam the gift of death. Remember, death was not God's original plan but it was the only way out of the fix that Adam had gotten himself into. And once death had completed its effect on his physical body, then Adam would one day be resurrected resurrected back into a sinless, immortal body. He would once again gain the status he had in the beginning, perfect access to God, to all celestial realms, and to the divine council. Hence, Adam was the first to join the ranks of all believers who experience repentance as they await reinstatement to the position of a son of God through the coming resurrection. Wow. Um, Before yeah. I give the final statement, though, I know I just threw a ton of... Yeah, no, it makes sense. It's really interesting. Yeah. I haven't thought about death as a gift. 
But it makes sense, you know, if it's that was the action to the consequence, then this was the solution. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. So is Adam just chilling, or do you think he's now in a celestial state once Jesus came back? I, I'm not clear on this yet. If everyone will be reinstated, if the resurrection. I think Adam, as well as others, are waiting for the final resurrection. But I'll have to, that one I haven't worked out. Because hmm. I suspect everyone is waiting for Jesus to implement his final plan and whatever's going on. So, so Adam is, he's not in hell, obviously, because he repented. Um, yeah. And he's with the Lord in paradise, exactly where that is. I'm not quite sure. It's not Sheol anymore. It's seen, that Sheol, the Abraham's bosom seems to have been emptied, as I've talked about in other podcasts. So, um, but I still think Adam and everyone else is waiting for their final processing to be completed. Yeah. I don't think it's done yet. Going through but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. We're going through celestial <clears throat> TSA. Mm. Yeah. And time is different. I mean, Adam in the presence of the Lord may have seen five minutes ago when he left the earth right. to him. I don't know. I don't know how that all works. So, hmm. yeah. Yeah, I don't have any questions. Keep. I do think this helps us to see that um, I think often we look at death as a punishment. But what I'm saying is um, punishment would be to be in sin and never die, mm. but always be dying, always be deteriorating, always be rotting away. And so so death, you know, sometimes we have the simple thing of, uh, well, Adam sinned and God got really angry, so he killed him. But that's not, that's not what... The text is about he didn't kill Adam he warned Adam and Eve not to you know don't eat from that one tree they had one they had one thing that they needed to obey and they transgressed that and that brought sin and sin brought death but death was a uh, death was <laughs> I know it sounds weird it in a way it's a good thing to get rid of your because sin attaches to you and you can't get rid of it until you get rid of your body and your in your new body, the one to come. Does that make sense? Hmm. So God was kind by giving Adam and Eve death and everyone else death <laughs> so that we can detach and get back to the, what we're supposed to be, what we were meant to be at the beginning. Yeah. You're not advocating suicide. I am not. Yeah. Not advocating suicide, no. <laughs> That's, like, death is good. Yeah. <laughs> death is great. <laughs> I yeah. just want to be dead. <laughs> right. Yeah. Not because you got a lot to live. There's things yeah. here for a reason. Yeah, that's interesting. Now, I, I, I think of like, um, you know when in Lord of the Rings where they go to the guy who's at uh, Rojas, Rohan? Are you um, thinking, well, Gandalf is... And he goes in is, and the guy's yeah. just like decrepit. and oh. And then he like hits him, and then he gets the guy who's been whispering lies in his ear. Oh, and he like returns to the former king he was. Yeah, 
I just feel like I, I could imagine Adam being that old, crusty, like, you know, because mm-hmm. he's been sitting in sin for so long. It's just, and I wonder too, like, if you sit in sin for so long, if you, you know, you repent, if you have to continually repent because you're just living in sin all the time, eternally, you know, just make you so gross. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Death's interesting. Simplify yeah. this for us, brother. Okay. So let me simplify all this information. The sons of God in the Old Testament refer to celestial beings, but in the New Testament, the phrase refers to human believers. For human believers, the fullness of being a son of God is ultimately realized at the resurrection. In the Old Testament, the nation of Israel was God's ambassador to the Gentile nations. In the New Testament, believers of all ethnic groups are his representatives. We have been adopted into the royal family of God, joining with the righteous angels. We will be replacing the fallen angelic beings who abandoned their first habitations, their heavenly positions. We are powerful because of our dual citizenship in heaven and on earth. The first earthly son of God was Adam. Once sin entered the world, it would remain it remained attached to him it would have remained attached to him forever. Death was the remedy that God graciously provided for Adam and for us. Resurrection after death is the way back to our original life with God. Jesus was the change from the Old Testament and the New Testament. Is that kind of what you're saying? Like the now the process has been put in place and the process really wasn't there or... That's why they use sons of God back in the Old Testament, and now sons of God in the New Testament are different. Or why yeah. why don't they mean celestial beings still in the New Testament? Wow, that's a good question. But I'll, I, mean, I yeah, know. that's a good question. You pose that question. I you well, said, I said, why did it change? Let me go back to the first question. <laughs> he said, no, the verses refer to angels. Why the change? Well, I'm asking you, Dad. Why well, the change? I guess I was. What I was thinking was the change is because. The focus is on the, the ecclesia, the church, and we're in the process of becoming sons of God and replacing the fallen realm. Hmm. Is what I suspect. I guess that's how I'm answering it. Yeah. But it is when you look at the Old Testament sons of God, it's celestial beings. Celestial. When it's New Testament, it's human. And and I'm fo- I'm focused. I mean, you'll find passages where it says sons, and then a couple of words later it might say God. And I'm 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 talking the phrase sons of God, hmm. the specific phrase. So, yeah, interesting. Do you guys have any other questions? No, <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, that's good. It's interesting. Well, go it, ahead. It it's. You know, like I said, this I was working on this six months ago. So it's it's hard for you guys to hear it one time and then try to have questions because you know, I I looked at it, then I did something else and I came back and I looked at it and I I thought about this and I thought about that and so yeah. It, it is hard to just hear it one time and then to come up with questions because you're like, What is <laughs> Yeah. You know, so Yeah. I guess my question is, why don't they use, what was the phrase, the phrase for sons of God in the Old Testament, which is Bene Elohim. Elohim. Why isn't that used in the New Testament? 
Um, because while well, B'nai Ha Elohim is Hebrew, it means son, the sons of, of Elohim, which Elohim is plural, but by the context, usually you can tell if it's talking about God or if it's talking about yeah, other the Elohim. angelic realm or whatever. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, so yeah, it, it switches to, yeah, it doesn't. It's not talking about angels. I mean, Jesus, you know, in that section in Luke where he's talking about the angels, you'll be like the angels. So you're in the same section, you're getting angels and sons of God, but the angels are celestial and the sons of God are human. Hmm. So it's, it's, it's really switched up. It's, everything's changed in the New Testament. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, fascinating. Thanks for uh, breaking that down for us. There you go. Yeah, a lot to think about. We are dual citizens. We've got authority. The world is a garden. We're going to judge angels. We're in the middle of a process. But because we're adopted, we have privileges. Yep. And I want to figure out how to walk in that dual citizenship a lot better yeah. than I do now. I don't think a lot of people even talk about it. It's like a really weird con I mean, it's kind of mentioned a little bit in like the uh, simplest terms, you know. Mm -hmm. Just say Jesus' name. You're good, you know. But <laughs> I think there's a lot more to that. If you really think that we are brothers with angels, we're literally should be at the barbecue hanging out with them, you know, there's our family get togethers, you know, you start thinking about some of that stuff. It's like, uh, it's just fascinating. Yeah. Interesting to think about how do you walk in that dual citizenship too? I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. Yeah. You have access to it. And how do we access it? Yeah. Yep. You know, how do I go from Canada to the United States? Take a plane. <laughs> How do I go from the <laughs> celestial realm to? I mean, I've been in. Let's say the United. Let's say the the. In this analogy, yeah. the worldly realm is Canada because it's <laughs> hell on earth, right? How do I get to the United States, the land of freedom, <laughs> of prosperity? <laughs> Where is that plane? Where do I get to the celestial realm? See what I'm saying? Like, how do I? Yeah, I just, I'm not sure. Sorry, Canada. I don't see Trudeau and Biden as much different, so I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, I just got canceled. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my word. But yeah, it's just interesting. I wonder how um, we can walk in that dual citizenship. Very fascinating. Very cool. Well, thank yeah. you so much for uh, breaking it down for us. Yes, sir. Um, we'll catch you guys on. Any last words? Nope. I'll send a. Uh, letter to you in a couple of weeks with a whole list of questions okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll add them to this uh, question one I gotta question ruminate one. ruminate yeah. uh -huh. let's yeah. sit in your spirit mm. let digest yep. So. yep I still have two or three more uh, on the burner back burner that I need to start working on but since you have a baby coming today <laughs> no. was it due today? tomorrow tomorrow <laughs> let's get out now. <laughs> we we may have to forego a dad cast for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. A week or two. Yeah. <laughs> a week. Next one, have the baby here asking <laughs> questions. Listen, baby, you're a dual citizen. How do you handle this? All right, folks. We'll catch you again on the next dad cast, guys. Thanks so much for coming. Right. And listening. Peace out. Peace out. Bye. Bye.
Oh, wrong one. I got the wrong one. Sorry, folks. One second, one second, one second. I hit, I hit R's, uh, <laughs> Phil. I hit R. Uh, for those who don't know, Phil and I do a podcast at times. I think and, that's great. Um, Keep this in. Keep this in at the end. <laughs> uh, you want me? Okay, I will. Can you talk and find the right thing? There we there go. go. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll catch you guys on the next DadCast. Peace.